You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey everyone, this week we're giving away a one-year subscription to pushlink.com, P-U-S-H-L-Y-N-K. It's valued at about 600 bucks. Pushlink allows you to send push notifications to your subscribers on almost any platform. The fact is push notifications get about 10 times the response rate when compared to traditional email. For a chance to win, subscribe to the podcast, then take a quick snapshot or picture showing you're subscribed and text it to 716-218-8981 or you can email it to growthexperts at yahoo.com. Now let's get back to the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. Her name is Adrienne Dorison, and she's the CEO of Run Like Clockwork, which is a training and operations consultancy that equips entrepreneurs to design a business that runs itself. Yeah, I can't wait to hear this. Trust me when I tell you. Adrienne has helped hundreds of businesses from Fortune 500 corporations to fast growth startups expand their profit margins and cut costs in 90 days or less through the power of operational efficiency. I can say that again. Welcome to the show, Adrian. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, I'm excited. We were talking, you're in Florida, I'm in Buffalo, and I'm glad I'm in Buffalo because it's hot as the Dickens down in Florida, although I would be very jealous come wintertime because right. you won't because have- Because I'll be at the beach. You won't have seven foot of snow and I will. <laughs> so, but uh, in any event, thank you for joining me today. I'm excited. Oh, by the way, um, they also, her and her partner, Mike Michalowicz, have a book coming out called Clockwork. We're going to talk a little bit about that during this episode. And what we're really going to focus in on today, guys, is we're going to focus in on how to make your business operations efficient so that you don't have to work 70, 80, 90 hour weeks. As a matter of fact, your business can grow even if you're not there. That's what Adrian specializes in. So. Before we dive into that, we're going to talk a little bit about Adrian's background. Can you tee it up for us and let us know a little bit about your background, a little bit about your business, Runs Like Clockwork, and then we'll dive right in. Yes. So I come from the corporate manufacturing world, and I was in that space for many years, actually in the paper and paper products industry. So I dealt with really large scale, long supply chain intensive businesses. And and my job there was to basically create operational efficiency, create cost savings in that very complex supply chain. So what I would do is is work on different projects internally and inside that corporation And I loved what I did, although I don't think I necessarily realized that at the end of of my career there. But I guess about five, four, four and a half, five years ago, decided to exit the corporate world. I started working on the side, doing a little bit of side consulting because I knew at that point I didn't really want to pursue my my corporate career anymore. And I wanted I wanted something else. So I started kind of dabbling on the side and and during that time, I was trying to pay off all of my student loan debt so that I could 
leave that job without any debt. And six months later, I quit my job. I went full time in my private consulting business and paid off all that debt during that time too. So it was like a really good transition for me to like get my expenses really low so I could start this business. And, and then over the past, you know, four and a half, five years, I've been working with small businesses and helping them to improve their, you know, operational efficiency inside of a small business. So I've taken my corporate experience and my training and tried to figure out how do we apply that to a small business because it's different, right? So the frameworks and the tools that we used in the corporate setting, and I'm lean Six Sigma trained and scrum expert certified, which are all efficiency toolkits, so to speak. And so I've taken those toolkits and tried to apply them to a small business and and change them and adjust them and improve them so that someone who's operating on their own or with a small team to a medium-sized team can use some of these things. Because I think that small businesses actually need to, you know, look at their resources even more closely than a large corporation. So, you know, whereas in a large corporation, I would potentially present a, you know, $3 million cost savings, and it wasn't enough, it would get denied. (laughs) And in a small business, that is bread and butter. So like, really making sure that we're using our resources effectively, and getting the most bang for the buck. So a lot of people understand the term productivity, they want to do more. But my focus is efficiency, how do we actually do less? in terms of our resources and get better results. And so I've been working privately with people for the past five years. And over the past year and a half, that's when I partnered with Mike Michalowicz. And he was writing this book and he was looking for an expert on the topic because he's like, I'm an author, but that doesn't mean I know what I'm talking about as it relates to operational efficiency. And so we kind of collaborated and built these specific frameworks inside of Clockwork for the small business owner to maximize their their resources and and get more results from that. Perfect. All right. So can you tell us a little bit about your business, like maybe the size of it, whether it be revenue, employees, number of customers, give us something to give us a sense of the size of your consulting business today. So I have two businesses. So one would be my my private consulting firm and and we're a multi six-figure business, almost to the seven-figure range there, working with private clients that are in the 500,000 to around $10 million range. And then our second business, which is the run like clockwork private consulting, we run workshops and do a little bit of private consulting there, which is more of an agency model. And that is a business that is new and is just launching with the launch of this book. So we've done one workshop so far, we'll do our next one later this year. And we'll do at least four of those workshops per year. So those are like more small, intimate workshops. So we're looking at like 25 companies per workshop. So we're just pressing go on that business. Perfect. So you're close to seven figures on your consulting business, but the new business is just yet to launch. Yeah. And I've actually, like, I'm actually in a really big transition of like moving most of our revenue or most of our work over to this new business because it's much more scalable and less centric around me. 
Yes, so there you go. Yep. My first business is very centric to me doing the work privately with these clients. And so my attention is now focused on building this run like clockwork business and still working with clients, but also training facility. We have other facilitators in that business as well. So it's not based on your billable hours. It's based upon some capability that can scale. Correct. Because the, they're not buying into me being the only one that can do it. Right. Right. So the the idea it's the system, it's the framework. Perfect. So let's get a little bit micro into your consulting business. You've been doing this for, like you said, four or five years now. And I have a lot of probably consultants and coaches listening in the audience. And so I'm curious if you had to pick one strategy, the most effective strategy that you've used, strategy or tactic that you've used to get new clients for your consulting business, what would it be? For me, it's always been just building relation, like building in-person relationships with people. And I say in person because going to events has been super helpful for me. And like, I think that the speed of relationships is so much faster when you can be right in front of someone in person. And so the online world has been really amazing for me. I started my business when I was in rural Alabama, because that's where my, my corporate company had moved me. And so I kind of needed the internet. There wasn't really anyone around that I was doing private consulting with. So there is a lot to be said about the internet, but there's so it is so much faster to build relationships with people in person. And so taking the time and the energy to, you know, to listen to people and hear what they need and make sure that I'm a good fit for that if we are a good fit. But yeah, going to in-person events and, and meeting people in the flesh, I think has been the best thing that I've ever done. And it's something I continue to do as like my, a big piece of my business development. Are you talking like say. networking events or more conferences or what type of events, if you had to, if you had to hone it down into events, what would they look like? If I, I've been to like more networking events and to me, they're not very genuine or fruitful. <laughs> um, I agree. Everyone's just like looking for a sale, (laughs) whereas I like to go to conferences where people are already in that learning mode. They're already, and it's probably something that I'm also interested in, in learning or gaining a further expertise in. They're obviously willing to pay for training and expertise in order to grow their business if they're at this conference or event. And just really, I, I'm very introverted actually. And, um, it's hard to like go to in-person events and be all out and like give all your energy. But I find that if I'm also paying for an event and spending my time to travel and, you know, spending it on a hotel and disrupting my daily schedule, like I know that I'm going to show up and I commit myself to being like, okay, what, who do you want to connect with here? Like not just a hello in the hallway, but like really be intentional about the relationships that I'm building. And then creating a follow-up plan with people afterwards. So when it's easy for me to like not say hello to the person next to me who's sitting down at my table, knowing that this is a really, really big business development opportunity for me and potentially a next lead or even someone who, even if they're not a lead, like maybe I can be a resource to them for a client that they have or a good referral, or they might be a resource for me that I could refer a client to is that I like, get out of my comfort zone. And I'm like, all right, I have to introduce myself to these people next to me. I have to know what they do. They have to know what I do. So I'm much more proactive and intentional at those conference type events is what I'm specifically talking about. And I already like I put them on my schedule 
well in advance of like, all right, where do I need to be this, this year? Especially if I know what types of events are attracting the same types of clientele that I could be serving. Yeah, perfect. No, I mean, it's a big commitment to go totally. to these large events, right? It's yes. a big commitment on your part. It's a big p- commitment on the, everybody else who attends their part. And I think it is a good qualifier. So I like the way you use that to kind of scrub it almost, right? You're qualifying your leads before you ever actually meet them because they're already willing to put a little skin in the game, which is an important part you totally. know, of you being able to help them because you can't work for free, right? Right. So, this is something I actually got from my brother. My brother owns a website development company and he's like one of his top priorities is business development through networking and an event attending. And he has like a criteria of like, if the event has to cost more than $3,000, like the ticket admission has to cost more than $3,000 because of the clientele that he's looking for, for website development. I'm like, Oh, it's a really good, like criteria or metric for you, you know, yeah. like to know who else is going to be there. They've already invested in themselves to be there. So they're much more likely to continue to do that. Perfect. Well, listen, let's pivot really quick because I know the audience is really curious about your background and your expertise in business operations. So do us a favor and give my audience and even myself a little bit of guidance here and maybe a little bit of a framework on how they can increase the operational efficiency of their business so that they don't have to work 70, 80, 90 hour weeks like we've all done in various different businesses, right? So that they can have a business that they own and that the business doesn't own them. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah. So I'll give you like a little snippet. And then of course the full framework is in the book. So go read the book. It's called Clockwork, which is going to take you step-by-step through that. But one of the things that I always like to start with, and it seems super simplistic, but that's because it is, this isn't complex stuff necessarily. It's just you actually doing it. So I always start off all of my conversations with clients or talks that I'm giving with the idea of the I know trap, right? So oftentimes we go into things and, and the response is, oh, yeah, well, I know that. And, and that's, that's fine if you know that, but like really ask yourself, but am I doing that? Or have I done that lately? Or is there an opportunity for me to improve? Because until you believe that there is an opportunity for you to improve, you're just going to shut all of these simplistic ideas down, right? So really open, open your mind, even if you're like, yeah, I know, I know, I know where the, I know what's happening there. So the first thing that I always have my clients do is some time tracking. I need to know exactly where people's time is going and they need to know exactly where their time is going. And then once we have that time tracking analysis, I tell them just, you know, for a full week, give me like a normal week of like where your time is going on a like momentary basis, which can be pretty annoying, but we need to like get nitty gritty and like, where are those 20 minutes going? Where is that hour going? Where is that, you know, three hour block of time going? So every day, just write down like, what is the task? And how much time did you spend doing it? At the end of that week, we do a what I call or what we call in the book, a 4D mix analysis. And so I'm going to go through the four D's. And this is what you're going to look at your time tracking and see which one of these D's is that specific task. So these are like the four stages of work that every business owner will traverse, right? Like all of us are doing all four of these probably, but some of us are doing more of one than another. So the first one is doing, 
right? When you first start your business, you're probably doing everything. And even as your business grows, you potentially are still doing a lot of the work, which is still fine. A business needs to be doing things to add value to a marketplace, right? So we know that doing is a big part of it. So if anything on that time tracking is doing, perfect, put it down as doing. The next stage of the next D that you're going to traverse is called deciding. And this one can be a little bit tricky because most of us will, what will happen is we're doing and we're doing a ton of things. And at a certain point, we can't do anymore. Like we just don't have the time to do anymore. And so what we'll do is we'll bring on a team member or maybe multiple team members or maybe a contractor of sorts. And we'll say, oh, I I can hand off some things and that's going to free up my time so that I can do either more of the things that are, you know, most important to me in the business or maybe get some of my life back and maybe have a little bit more free time. So you hire that person or bring on that contractor, which gives you this false sense of like, oh, now I'm going to have all this free time. But what happens is you end up spending a lot of time in this deciding place where you have outsourced individual tasks to people, but you have not outsourced ownership to them yet, right? So you end up doing a lot of decision making because these team members or contractors can't actually make decisions yet inside of the business. You haven't handed over that ownership. And this can be a super exhausting place to be for many business owners. And what they end up doing is saying, it was just easier when I did it myself. And they might fire this person. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Let me interrupt really quick because I I think you're spot on because I think the big trend these days is using virtual assistants to outsource Mm -hmm. tasks, right? Yes. And, you know, I, I do it myself. I've been working with VAs for years, but it's very challenging to outsource, like you said, ownership, right? Tasks versus ownership. So I totally agree with you. And I think that this will hit my audience. People that have started to outsource, you know, it can be a little frustrating for two reasons. Number one, you're still involved in it because you're the decision maker and you're still pushing that hamster wheel. You're just not necessarily pushing it quite as hard. Mm. And secondly, they may not be doing it as good as you did it, right? So there's also that, you know, that nobody does it as good as me deal, right? So Continue on. I I don't mean to interrupt, but I did want to relate back to that. please do, because this is something that like, you know, there's 28 million small business owners in the United States and 22 million of them are the only employee inside their company. So we know just from these facts that people are getting trapped in this doing and deciding cycle, right? Once, you know, you hand off things to other people, I had a client come to me recently and he was like, I thought that, you know, by bringing on team members, my workload was actually going to be lighter. And guess what? It's I'm more stressed out, right? Because now I actually don't have time to do the things that are on my to-do list because I'm answering other people's questions all day long. I'm giving approvals all day. I'm making decisions for other people. And of course, that's going to happen as you kind of bring new people onto the team. But there has to be a point where we fully transition them into more ownership type roles. Otherwise, you're going to end up very exhausted because we know that decision making is super energetically draining. So at the end of the day, you're like, I like my clients come to me. They're like, Adrian, I did. I feel like I did nothing. I'm exhausted. I made 407 decisions, but I've done none of my most important work. And now I have to go work more, right? So we have to 
you know, kind of look at our time and understand how do we get past this deciding phase and traverse into that next D, which is the third D, and it's delegating, right? So delegating in, you know, in the sense of the word versus deciding when we've delegated, that means we've outsourced ownership to the people that are we're bringing into our business. So whereas with deciding, we're just we're just deciding tasks. When we're delegating, we've brought them to a level where they can make decisions in their role on their own. Like they understand what decisions your company or you would make, even if they don't necessarily make the same decisions that you would make yourself, they're still making correct decisions for the business. And so that's something that a lot of business owners struggle with. Like you mentioned before, well, they're not doing it as well as I could. But guess what? Like you can't infinitely scale yourself. So if you would like to grow and scale your business and maybe even get some of your life back, then we have to know that number one, there are people that can actually do things better than you. So that's important to recognize. And number two, people can do things just as well as you, or maybe they could do things 80% as well as you do, but it's still important to get that you know workload off of your plate so that you can focus on those highest value doing activities or something even higher as that CEO, which traverses us into this last, most highest level, which is designing. So the last D is designing. And these are more of like the strategic decisions, the vision, designing the team, designing the workflow, designing the next phase of business, the next growth opportunity. And this is really where I want my CEOs to spend the majority of their time. So when we look at your time tracking for the week, we want to kind of classify, well, where am I spending my time? You can literally do a mathematical breakdown of percentage of time, what percent is going to doing, what percent is going to deciding, what percent is going to delegating and really giving ownership and outsourcing you know, the results versus just outsourcing a task. And then how much of your time is actually going towards that bigger vision, designing the strategic designing of the business that most CEOs are, that's their highest value typically is designing the right team, designing the next product or designing the bigger vision. That's typically where they're going to get the most value from their time, but that's not where they're spending the majority of their time. And so looking at your, you know, your current week and seeing where that breakdown is now And just making a tiny adjustment, because what I don't want you to do is be like, I have to change everything this week. (laughs) You will bounce back very quickly, just like a rubber band, right? Try to go all in on day one. It's going to be very challenging for you and for the team. You're going to rock their world if you try to just change everything in one day. So instead of doing that, look at where your, your breakdown is right now and say, could I just add one more hour of designing next week? What could I maybe you know, take off my plate? Or how could I maybe trust someone with a decision that I don't need to make anymore? So look at the decisions, you know, if if you're thinking, how do I get some of this deciding off my plate and move people more into full delegation? Well, as your team members come to you with certain decisions that they're asking you to make, ask yourself, like, is this a decision that they could make? And if not, what information do I need to get them? Could I make a decision, you know, tree for them? Like how you are, going through a process to make that decision in your head. And our role as you know, CEOs and COOs is to, 
to make sure that they have that information so that they can make that decision more confidently on their own. Sometimes all it is, is you saying, Hey, I trust you to make that decision. And your team member is ready to do it. But we don't often give them those opportunities. We think that we have to do it all. We pride ourselves on making the decisions. And we think that because they're coming to us, it's because they don't know the answer. And that's not necessarily true. They're typically coming to us with those questions because we haven't given them permission to answer the question on their own. No, that's, so start, that's start powerful. That yeah. one hour. That's powerful. The, the, I like the baby step approach because if you don't, like you said, you'll slingshot back into your old habits or you'll drive people away from you. You'll alienate them and because they're, they're not going to want to embrace it, you know, all in one bite. Right. So it's it's all that is how do you eat an elephant? Right. One bite at a time. One bite at a time. So like, just look for that one hour. And then we, we talk about like, just turn that dial right every single week. This is not an overnight process of getting your business to run with that run and grow without you. And I tell my clients that like, Hey, you know, that big launch that you do or that product, you know, development that you think only you can do. What if that could happen while you were on vacation? And they're just like, that can't happen. I'm the only one who makes revenue driving decisions. And I'm like, not anymore. Right. But it takes, months of really putting this into play and also really embodying this with your team for them to start making those changes for themselves as well. You can't expect them to make all the changes if you're not embodying it first. And so I think that's a a big piece of this is, is starting small, starting with those baby steps and take that one hour of like, where could you reallocate that one hour just this week? and start trusting that team a little bit more with some of the decisions that are probably keeping you from doing your most important work. Perfect. Well, listen, thank you for sharing that. For the next couple, let's do a quick rapid fire. Two more questions. Number one, what is your favorite growth tool or software that you're using today to grow your business? Oh my gosh. If you had to pick one, you can only pick one. If I have to pick one, I'm going to pick Active Campaign because we use that for all of our email marketing, as well as our CRM system. So we're, you know, managing lead flow and everything inside of that system as well. Perfect. And what's besides clockwork from your partner, Mike Michalowicz, right? What book would you recommend to my audience to help them get further faster? Ooh, okay. Does it have to be a business book? Nope. Okay. I recently read Open by Andre Agassi. It's his autobiography and it was enlightening and life changing for me. So that's the book top of mind that I would recommend right now. Perfect. Well, listen, Adrian, I I wish we could spend another hour on the topic, but we've got to run. But before we do, let everybody know how they can connect with you, get the book, and then we'll close it out for today. Beautiful. Thank you for having me. This was really fun. It is hard to do this in 20 minutes, but this is a really good next step for people to do. They can go and get the the book. It's on Amazon. Just search clockwork. You can also find us at runlikeclockwork.com. It has all the information about our live workshops that we run and you know all of our social media and, and ways to connect with us over there. And if you're looking for dog pictures, you can find me at Adrian Dorison on all social media. <laughs> awesome. That's where the dog pics are. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for joining us. I'll be sure to put those links in the show notes and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. 
Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.